You are listening to the Stand with Dignity podcast. Please subscribe to our Imam Ali السلام, and Prophet Jesus السلام, of their similarities was the fact that they were both at one point or another called God. Astaghfirullah. At one stage or another you found that they were worshipped by a group of people. That's a group of people either within the Christian faith or within the religion of Islam came to a conclusion that Jesus was God. And at the same time came to a conclusion in certain sections of the Muslim community that Imam Ali was God. Indeed, you find that when you look within the Islamic tradition, the worst of sins is of course shirk. The greatest sin that anyone can ever commit is the sin of shirk. But here in Islamic history and in Christian history, one finds that within both religions, while not all the people may have come to this conclusion, there is without a doubt a segment of them who at one stage or another had come forward and said that Imam Ali was God or that Jesus was God. And that's why we find in this tradition that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him and his family, tells Imam Ali about this. The Holy Prophet had ilm of the ghayb. The ghayb, the unseen, was either knowledge of what had come before him of the lives of the prophets of Allah or what had come after him of the likes of those who were to be the saints on the earth. Sometimes the prophet would tell you about the prophets that had come before him and sometimes the prophet would tell also at the same time about who? About what would happen for example in the future. Hence you find the prophet, peace be upon him on his family, would always be comparing Imam Ali with prophets. Many of us know that no companion of Rasulullah was comparable to the NBA except Imam Ali If you look at the companions of the Prophet, you'll be hard fetched to find a companion who was worthy of being compared to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him and his family, like Imam Ali or compared to the prophets who had come before him. The prophet himself, peace be upon him and his family says that Ali is to me like Harun was to Musa. Ali is to me like Aaron was to Moses. When we see this, therefore, we find that the holy prophet, peace be upon him and his family, had made clear that Imam Ali السلام, is comparable to who? Imam Ali is comparable to Nabi Harun in that Imam Ali is comparable like the Prophet was comparable to Nabi Musa but in this tradition the Prophet highlights that Imam Ali was comparable to who? <coughs> was comparable to Nabi Isa the Prophet saying and this can be seen by the way in non-Shi'i traditions in the Musnad of Ahmed bin Hanbal for example You'll see this tradition. Oh Ali, you are in similarity to who? You are in similarity to Jesus, son of Mary. How the Jews despised Jesus so much until they began to accuse his mother and slander his mother. And the Christians loved Jesus so much until they began to attribute to him that which was not rightfully his. When the Holy Prophet therefore says this, 
the Holy Prophet is making it clear that there's a similarity that exists with who? With Imam Ali alayhi salam. That something has been done in relation to what the Jews and the Christians done to Nabi Isa alayhi salam. The Muslims would have done the same to Imam Ali alayhi salam. You therefore found that this relationship can be found in the biography of Imam Ali and the biography of Nabi Isa. Because in our series on Nabi Isa, we said that the greatest blasphemy on Nabi Isa alayhi salam was him being called God or the son of God. As the Quran mentions in Surah 5 verse 72, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, لَقَدْ كَفَرَ الَّذِينَ قَالُوا إِنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ الْمَسِيحُ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the Messiah, Isa ibn Maryam. Jesus, son of Mary. The greatest act of disbelief is for someone to say that Jesus is God. But ironically, we find in our history that the same thing happened with Amir al-Mu'mineen alayhi salam, exactly the same as what happened to Nabi Isa alayhi salam. Let us tonight examine how this tradition, which relates to Nabi Isa alayhi salam, applied to Imam Ali at the same time. And I'd like to do this in the following stages. Number one, the tradition says the Jews despised Jesus until they slandered his mom. Who of Imam Ali's parents faced this as well in relation to what the Jews shown with Jesus's mother? Number two, if the Quran talks about God and talks about God in the sense of the plural, when the Quran mentions God and the word we, then why can we not say that God is the father and God is the son and that Jesus could possibly be God? Number three, when Christians say Jesus is God, which chapters of the Bible do they use to prove that Jesus himself said that he was God? Number four, how do we look at other chapters in the Bible where Jesus makes it clear that you worship Israel, the Lord, the one God, and he separates himself from the Lord, the God? In our history as Shia, did we have people who worshipped Imam Ali as God? in the way the Christians worship Jesus as God. And what do we make of these groups? Number six, what of the traditions that say, attribute to us, Ahlul Bayt, everything except divinity? Are these traditions to be accepted? Or can we as Shia also fall in a state of shirk? Number seven, if Isa is not God, nor a normal human being, but somewhere in the middle, then what does that say about the position of Imam Ali السلام, as well? And how do such traditions prove that Imam Ali السلام, was clearly someone not a mortal, but not God, but somewhere high in the middle? And finally, how does one act of Nabi Isa and one act of Imam Ali prove that they both are not God? And how is this one act in the eyes of the human the lowest on the earth? But in the eyes of Allah, let's examine this and dissect the topic in complete depth. When we come towards the tradition, the tradition says, Oh Ali, there's a similarity in you with Jesus. What's the similarity? The first thing is that the Jews despised you until they slandered your mother. You find that the Jews are in contrast to the Muslims when it comes to Maryam salam. For us, Maryam is a method, is an ayah, is Siddiqa, is Tahira, 
Maryam is an example, is the truthful, is a sign of Allah and above all else. Maryam السلام, the Quran says it قالت الملائكة يا مريم إن الله اصطفاك وطهرك واصطفاك على نساء العالمين Allah says tell the angels oh angels you tell Mary that we have chosen her purified her and chosen her we as Muslims we recognize Maryam as chosen and purified but sadly how many Muslims today are respected by Christians and how many of the Jewish community are respected by Christians Many of the Jewish community are respected by the Christian community. And many of the Christian community do not necessarily respect the Muslims. Although we admire Maryam and the Jewish community slanders Maryam. The Jewish community reached the conclusion in different works of theirs that Maryam السلام, how did she have Jesus? She had him through an act of fornication. I mentioned this a few nights ago. That they said Maryam السلام, slept with a Roman soldier by the name of Pantera, and from that relationship that they had with one another, they had Jesus. And that's why for many of the Jewish community, Maryam is not revered. Forget Jesus salam. For the Jewish community, who no one ever mentions what their opinions are on Jesus and Mary. You don't really see it in public. Always we the Muslims have to defend ourselves by saying that Wallah we love Nabi Isa, Wallah we love Maryam, Wallah Maryam is mentioned in the Quran more than she's mentioned in the Bible. Okay, I ask a question. The Jewish community, what's their opinion on Maryam? Do they respect Maryam as one of the greatest ladies? No. In medieval Jewish writings and in the ancient Talmud, you'll see it written that they believe that Maryam had fornicated and that she had a child from fornication from a Roman soldier. When Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa therefore said that, O oh Ali, your similarity to Jesus is what? Is that the Jews, A, they slandered your, they slandered Jesus' mother. And likewise you found here that the word slander becomes important. Why? The same way the Jews had slandered here, it seems that the Prophet is highlighting that the same slander would happen with who? With Imam Ali alayhi salam, that Imam Amir al-Mu'mineen alayhi salam, you found was slandered on a number of different levels. The Jews slandered his mom. Was Imam Ali's parents slandered in his life? Yes, of course. Who of his parents was slandered the most? Abu Talib alayhi salam. Abu Talib alayhi salam, the same way the Jews had slandered the mother of Jesus, you found that Bani Umayyah and Bani Abbas took it upon themselves in the slandering of Imam Ali's father. Look at the similarity between the two. Nabi Isa has to see people who slander his mom and accuse his mom of fornication. What did they accuse Abu Talib of? They accused Abu Talib of kufr. They said that Abu Talib السلام, was a mushrik. Abu Talib until the end of his life, you'll see Messrs Bukhari and others clearly stating that Abu Talib died while still being what? While still being a polytheist. And they would continue spreading this everywhere. They brought up nations in Sham where children would be raised slandering Ali's parents like the way the Jews slandered Isa's mother. Imam Ali's father You'd see in Sham, there'd be people who'd write, and they'd write that Abu Talib died as a kafir. You'd see, for example, in many areas of the Muslim world, it would continue. Then you'd see where? 
Then you'd see, for example, with Bani Abbas. In my opinion, by the way, Bani Abbas landed Abu Talib more than Bani Umayyah. Why? Because Bani Abbas had more to gain in their slandering of Abu Talib than Bani Umayyah. Bani Abbas, who do they come from? Abbas, the uncle of the Prophet, peace be upon him, his family. Bani Abu Talib, the Talibs, who do they come from? Abu Talib, the uncle of the Prophet, peace be upon him, his family. Imam Ali, Imam Al-Hassan, Imam Al-Hussein, Imam Zain Al-Abidin, Imam Al-Baqir, Imam Al-Sadiq, Imam Al-Kadhim, Imam Al-Rada, Imam Al-Jawad, Imam Al-Hadim, all of them return to Abu Talib. Al-Mansur Al-Dawaniqi, Harun Al-Rashid, Al-Ma'moon, Mu'tasim Al-Abbasi, Al-Mutawakkil, all of them return to who? Return to Abbas, the other uncle. Many Abbas could not take. How is it that Abu Talib in some cases is viewed higher than Abbas? Why is it that people mention Abu Talib's support for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa and they don't mention Abbas's support? Why is it that Abu Talib and Abdullah came from the same mother and father, whereas Abbas came from Abdul Muttalib, but a different mother? So you know what Bani Abbas began to do? They're the ones who began to attack Abu Talib. They're the ones who in the books of Tafasir began to push this idea. That Abu Talib on his deathbed, the Prophet is pleading with him, My uncle, wallah, come to the path of God. My uncle, why don't you believe in God? What do you mean, my uncle, why don't you believe in God? Your uncle was the very backbone of the religion of Islam. The year that your uncle died, O Prophet of God, the year was called Am al Huzn. It was a year of grief because the backbones of the religion of Islam were what? The backbones of the religion of Islam, as we all know, were who? were Abu Talib and Khadija They were the backbones of the religion. That Shi'ib of Abu Talib, that valley, three years he gave everything to the religion of Islam. Everybody else had forgotten. There were even converts who had joined the religion who were not there. And yet you find what? Yet you find that it was Abu Talib who gave everything. He gave his Ja'far, his son, he sent him to Abyssinia. He made Amir al-Mu'mineen sleep in the bed of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi in all those years. And at the end, what happens in Islamic history? And I wish it was just Bani Umayyah and Bani Abbas. Wallah, if it was just Bani Umayyah and Bani Abbas who slandered Ali's father the way the Jews slandered Jesus' mother, I would say, okay, until today you go to Hajj, you go to Mina in the period of Hajj. You listen to the khutbah at Mina. What would the khutbah normally be on in Hajj? It should be on Tawbah. Istighfar, Dua, Birr al-Walidain, Parents, Forgiveness, Supplication. The topic is the Kufr of Abu Talib. That's all you have to talk about, nothing else. There's nothing else to talk about. Wallah, my Prophet was right when he said, Oh Ali, there is a similarity in you with Jesus. The Jews slandered his mom and accused her. And in the same way with Imam Ali salam. His father, who gave everything to the Prophet when the Prophet was an orphan, who is it that raised Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi? Who is it that read the nikah, the aqd al-zawaj of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi? Who is it that done all of that? And yet today, subhanallah, go to any mosque in London, go to any mosque in Canada, any mosque in America, any mosque in Africa, any mosque in Jordan, any mosque in Palestine, any mosque in many of the Middle Eastern countries, you'll find a group of the people still saying, Abu Talib, nice man, but kafir. And the child is grown up, Abu Talib is a kafir. And the grandchildren grow up, Abu Talib is a kafir. This is a slander against the man who gave everything to the religion of Islam. 
Therefore, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi's first similarity came from the Jewish angle. What was it that, O oh Ali, the first similarity between you and between Jesus, son of Mary, was that the Jews despised you. There is someone with bughav, mubghav. They hated Jesus so much, they took it out on his mom. Likewise with Ali, because of the bughav to Abu Turab, they took it out on who? They took it out on his dad. They wanted to make sure that generations were raised hating his dad. They wanted to make sure that generations were raised calling his dad a kafir. Alhamdulillah for Shi'at al-Muhammad in all honesty. I'm not going to say, by the way, all of the non-Shi'a world believe Abu Talib is a kafir. There are some of the Sunni brothers and sisters who believe that Abu Talib is a mu'min. Not all of them believe he's a kafir. If you go on YouTube today, you'll find that there are ulama who are not Shi'a who conclude that Abu Talib died as a mu'min. But the majority, unfortunately, inherited this idea that Abu Talib was to be slandered as being someone who burns at the bottom of hell. And you know something that surprises me more? Abu Lahab, Abu Lahab gave away his slave when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi was born. Abu Lahab gave away a slave. Because of that, the punishment of hellfire is reduced for Abu Lahab because he gave away a slave. Abu Talib gave away all of that, but there's no reduction of the punishment. There's no reduction. But for the other one, there's a reduction. Let me even add something more to that. There are some companions of Rasulullah their fathers were the most bitter enemies of the Prophet. Some of them, their fathers, were the most bitter enemies. An example, I'll give you an example. In the ayah in the Quran, many of you read the ayah about the son of Zina. You've read the ayah. This ayah is about the one who is a cursed son of adultery who fights the Prophet. The ayah was revealed in honor of who? In honor of Walid ibn al-Mughira. No, in dishonor in reality. Of Walid ibn al-Mughira. That Walid ibn al-Mughira was one of those who used to insult the Prophet and fight the Prophet. The Quran said, Do you know in the books of Tafasir, when it comes to it, it says, but we won't talk too bad about Walid because his son is Khalid. So we don't want to hurt Khalid's feelings, you know, because Khalid ibn al-Walid. So don't talk too much about Walid because his son is Khalid. Abu Talib's son did nothing for Islam. Yani Walid ibn al-Mughira's son, no problem. We, cannot, we have to be careful. We have to make sure that Khalid's feelings are not hurt. Someone will say, but Sayyidna, these are... Sensitive issue. It's not about sensitive, ya Habibi. There can't be a rule for Khalid and a rule for Imam Ali alayhi salam. You cannot turn around and say, don't attack Khalid's dad because of Khalid. But Abu Talib, any ayah, Abu Talib. Abu Talib. Every ayah, Abu Talib. It is unfair that slander on Imam Ali. And sometimes, I'll tell you, you know, sometimes in life, when you're going through a bad period in your life, what do people always say to you? Don't worry, there were those before you who went through a bad period. Isn't that true? I think that sometimes Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi begins such a hadith and gives them to Imam Ali to highlight to Imam Ali. Oh Ali, Jesus went through what you're going through. It might hurt you what you are going through, but know one thing. Nabi Isa alayhi salam was a pure man. Nabi Isa was from the Ulil Azim. 
Yet they still slandered his mother. So when they slander your father, O Ali, then recognize one thing. Then recognize that there are those who've come before you. So the hadith began by saying what? It began from the Jewish angle. Most of the time when we compare Imam Ali and Nabi Isa, we start from the Christian angle. But the hadith began from the Jewish angle. The hadith said, O Ali, that you are similar to Jesus. The Jews despised Jesus until they slandered his mom. That's what we've understood. And then he says, and the Christians loved him so much until they attributed to him that which was not appropriate. What is it that they attributed to him? They attributed to him that he was God. Yes, Nabi Isa alayhi salam. If you go to the Christian world, you'll see the Christian world until today calls Nabi Isa Lord Jesus. Isn't this true? Wherever we go. We'll hear Christians, even if a Christian says to me that, no, 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 I don't mean it. I mean son of. Reality is when you say Lord Jesus, you are saying that Jesus is God. Of course, one Christian came to me one day and said to me, but you also believe that God is more than one. I said, La, Baba, we Muslims believe God is one. Ultimately, Tawheed for us is fundamental. He said, no, 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 you Muslims. You say, for example, God, when he says he revealed the Quran, inna. And Zallahu. We are the ones who sent down the Quran. Inna and Zallahu fi Laylatul Qadr. He doesn't say, Anal Nazalta. He says, No, Inna and Zallahu. Or Inna Nahnu Nazalna Dhikr. Now here we have Inna and Nahnu. Okay, so the person says in the Quran, it says, Verily, we are the ones who sent down the Quran. So you Muslims also don't believe in one God. We reply, No, no, no. That we is what's known as the royal we. If now the queen of this country comes out on Christmas Day and says, we would like to thank you all for your support, all we see in front of us is one lady sitting there. But it's majestic. It's a royal way of speaking. Who is more majestic than Malik al-Mulk and Mujr al-Fulk and Musakhir al-Riyah and Falaq al-Isbah, Dayan al-Din Rabb? Al-Alameen, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is obviously the most majestic. For Christians, however, no Christian can deny that in Christian history until today, the Christians went to a level in terms of their love for Nabi Isa alayhi salam where they ended up calling him God. How many of you who are watching this have heard a Christian who says Jesus is God? Or even, wallah, if you type on YouTube, you know, you might find someone who says, no, no, we don't believe he's God. Go on YouTube. There are pastors and priests who defend the idea that Jesus is God. Which chapters of the Bible do they use to defend this idea? This is fundamental. Because in the Bible, they're obviously going to use certain verses. And these verses are the ones which they use to say that this is why we believe Jesus is God. Because he himself said that he is what he himself said that he is God. The first of those chapters which they use, for example, is John 10.30. I and the Father are one. So they say, look here, this is the clearest proof that Jesus is God. If he's saying I and the Father are one. So it must mean that we have to believe that he is God. Then they'll use another verse of the Bible, Mark 2, where Jesus says, I'll pardon your sins. Yes, he will pardon sins. Who is Ghaffar al-Dhunub? 
normally good. But Jesus says, I am the one who will pardon your sins. Then further than that, you'll see other sections within the Bible where Jesus will talk about, for example, John 5.18, where they virtually equate him being the son of God with being God. So if I had the Bible and I see John 10.30 and says, I and the Father are one. And I see Mark 2, Jesus says, I'll pardon the sins. And I see John 5.18 and there's an equation that the son of God must be God. Then can you blame a Christian if he believes God? is Jesus and Jesus is God you can't because it's there within the Bible even though these lines that are used I as a Muslim can still believe in them what do I mean John 10 30 I and the father are one wallah it's true I believe it the message of Isa and the message of God is one and that is Tawheed whether you want to say Eloh or Ilah or Al-Ilah, or Allah, whether it's there from the Old Testament, or the way the Jews pronounce it, or the ways the Muslims pronounce it, ultimately it's all one direction. When Jesus says, I and the Father are one, I have no problem with that in fact. Because I believe that Nabi Isa alayhi salam's message is the message of Tawheed and Taslim lillah rabbil alameen. Isn't that true? Tawheed, the oneness of God. I believe he and the Father are one. One direction. Sarat mustaqim. Another of the similarities between Imam Ali and Nabi Isa. Nabi Isa is the Sarat to Allah. And Imam Ali is the Sarat al-Mustaqim. You therefore find that here, when the Christian says to me, John 10.30 proves that Jesus is God, I reply by saying, no. To me, it proves that he and the Father are in one direction. One message, one ideology. Then he says, well, how about Mark 2? Mark 2, Jesus pardons our sins. I believe that also those who used to come to Rasulullah they could have their sins pardoned by Rasulullah on behalf of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Someone says, where? Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Walau annahum idhalamu anfusahum. Ja'uka fastaghfirullah wa astaghfir lahum. In the Quran, I see in Surah An-Nisa the beautiful ayah which says, had they, when they had been unjust to themselves, had they come to you, O Muhammad, and asked for forgiveness, Allah would have forgiven them on your behalf. Jesus pardoned sins, I agree, yes. Jesus alayhi salam, if you went up to him in Galilee or Nazareth or Judea or whichever part of that area and you went to him and you said, Nabi Isa salam, I want to say something to you. I am a sinner and I have come to confess. And I want to say that I have committed much wrong. So here I am and I am asking you because you are what? You are the one God has sent to me. As he says wonderfully within the Bible in the chapter of John 17, 3. Jesus السلام, makes it clear, Father the Eternal, and to know that He has sent me. Yes, ultimately, what's the aim of life? To know the Eternal Father, to understand this world, and to understand and follow the one who He has sent, which is me. I will come to Nabi Isa السلام, and I will say to Nabi Isa very clearly, I will say to him, O Prophet of God, 
If I was, and he's with us. Nabi Isa for us as Muslims is alive. So until today, can I use him as an intermediary? Yes. Ya Allah, bihaqqin Nabi Isa alayhi salam? No, I could go directly to Nabi Isa alayhi salam. Nabi Isa is here, like the Quran says, walaw annahum idhalamu anfusahum ja'ukeh, fastaghfarullah, wastaghfara lahum al-rasul. Nabi Isa can then ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive me. Therefore, those verses that you give me, where you say to me, I and the Father are one. Yes, Nabi Isa and God are one. They are on the same message, the same sirat. You come and tell me Nabi Isa is the one who pardons sins. I believe until today Nabi Isa is alive. And until today Nabi Isa, if you approach him, ask him through his wasila. Ya wasila. Go through him as a wasila. Allah will forgive us if we use Nabi Isa as an intermediary. And that's why in the same Bible, where the Christians out of their love, they went towards Dalin out of their love. In the same Bible, there are verses where Isa السلام, himself says, Baba, I'm not God. Famous section, Mark 10. Go to Mark 10. We have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Mark is the oldest of the four. Although they put the order normally, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Mark is the oldest. Mark in chapter 10 narrates about someone who came to Nabi Isa salam. This is in the Bible. All of you have Google at home. Go and Google it, please. In the Bible, someone comes to Nabi Isa salam, And when he comes to Nabi Isa salam, he wants to ask him, Good teacher, yes, how can I earn that success in life? How am I able to earn that eternal success, that eternal happiness? And he turns around to him and he says, that why do you call me good? Why do you call me good? None is good, but who? But God. Now if Nabi Isa is God, why is he saying, why do you call me good? None is good, but God. The Almighty, the All High. Here, this person has come, he is asking him as his good teacher. And Nabi Isa can easily turn around and say, well, I'll tell you how this is the answer. He doesn't begin by talking about the commandments. What does he begin with? He begins by talking about what? By talking about that don't call me the one who's good. Yes, why do you say good teacher? None is good except who? God. Ya Nabi Isa, enter. if you are God, why are you making a distinction? Or when someone comes to ask him, someone comes and asks Jesus alayhi salam, what does he say to him? He says to Jesus alayhi salam, what is the most important of the Ten Commandments that came with Moses alayhi salam? What is the most important one? Stealing, committing adultery. Which one is the most important one that we have to stay away from? Oh Israel, your Lord God. Yes, O oh Israel, it is for you to know your Lord, God. God is one. He is making it clear here that that is the commandment. doesn't say, I am God, I am your Lord. No, it is for you to know your Lord, to worship your Lord, to follow the commands of your Lord. Therefore, in the Bible, when I'm looking within the Bible, what am I seeing? I'm seeing within the Bible that if I go towards Mark, or if I go towards those who are asking him, he's the one who's saying, that you know what, your Lord, God, that is the direction you go to. You call me the good teacher, 
Don't call me the good teacher. Don't call me good. No one's good except Allah. Meaning no one's achieved that level of perfection except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No one's independent in their perfection. Because someone might say, Rasulullah ma'soom. Nabi Dawood ma'soom. And Nabi Musa ma'soom. All these prophets are infallible. Yes. But that comes as a grace from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The perfection ultimately is from who? The perfection ultimately is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Therefore, when my Christian friends come and tell me that Jesus is God, I turn around and say, listen, the commandments are making it clear, O Israel, your Lord, one God, that is who you follow. That's always been the way. Deuteronomy 6, 4 is echoed with what this line says when the person asks, about God and understanding God, Nabi Isa alayhi salam, Nabi Isa, that he would ever say that he is God. He makes it clear, never ever would he say God. The Christians, out of their love, they went too far. What did they say? Out of their love, they said that Jesus is God. Did the Muslims do the same about Imam Ali alayhi salam? Yes. Some of course, by the way, say you Shia, all of you believe Imam Ali is God. La Baba, chill. Not all of us. No, no, no. I know you'd want to spread that. And I know that unfortunately there are people who love to spread these things. Believe you me, if I go to a part of Bangladesh today or a part of Indonesia, I'm going to mention these two countries, Bangladesh or Indonesia. Believe you me, there has been enough Muballighin, MashaAllah, Mufassideen or Muballighin, I don't know, who have gone to these countries and said, Shia believe Ali is God. How do we know this? You know, when you meet in Hajj or Umrah, you meet someone from Bangladesh or you meet someone from Indonesia. True? Indonesia is the country with the most Muslims in the world. Indonesia has over 200 million Muslims. More than any other country in the world. A person goes there. Imagine one of these Indonesians asked, what is a Shia? Shia worship Ali. You generalize 300 million people in one statement? Shia worship Ali? No. We do not worship Ali. There is no way that we worship Ali. Did we have some who took Imam Ali out of their love to worship? Yes, no doubt. If you look in our history, amongst them, for example, you will see the Nusairis. Nusairis, Muhammad bin Nusair, he was in the time of Imam al-Hadi and the time of Imam al-Askari he was of those who would say that I'm one of the doors to Imam al-Hadi, one of the doors to Imam al-Askari And he would also, his followers would raise Imam Ali's status above Imam, above Nubuwa, and even to a level of God. There were some who would look at certain ayat of the Quran. In the ta'wil of the ayah, they say that this proves Ali is God. Let me give you an example. How many of you have read the ayah for salawat? The ayah for salawat. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim inna Allah wa malaikatuhu yusalluna ala nabiyya ayuhal ladhina aminu sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala Muhammad. This ayah, some people done the ta'wil of it. They said this ayah proves Imam Ali is God. How? How? Inna Allah wa malaikatuhu yusalluna ala nabiyya. Said when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi died, who read his salat al-mayyid, salat al-janazah? Said Imam Ali, he led the funeral prayer. Said, okay. So if Imam Ali, you admit, led the funeral prayer, Allah in the Quran says, In Allah, wa malaikatuhi salluna ala nabi. 
So here the ayah says, Allah and his angels, they are the ones who pray over. So whoever prayed over the Prophet must be God. Look at the ta'weel. Muhai, what happened to the Christians? What happened to the Christians was that unfortunately shaitan whispered certain thoughts that made them exaggerate the level of Jesus Likewise the Muslims. Why, you ask, why would some Shia splinter groups, whether they're called Alawiyah in some cases, and by the way, when I say Alawis, we have to be careful because there are Alawis who are pure, Tawheed, Nubuwa, Ithna, Ashariya, but because of zulm and oppression, people don't know their real beliefs. But some may have had a direction where the ta'wil of ayat went in that. Do you know why? They say, we believe Ali is definitely God. You say, why? Said, who could do what he did at Khaybar? Only God could do what he did at Khaybar because we see at Khaybar, on the way back from Khaybar, you know what Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said? He said, Ya Ali, I want to praise you more. But I fear that if I praise you more, then these Muslims will jump on each other to what? To pick up the dust from under your feet and to use it to cure themselves. Imagine. Imagine. Because what Imam Ali done at Khaybar, no one could do. Imam Ali at Khaybar, when he came to Marhab, what did he say to him? I'm the one whose mother named him Haydar. Yes? Haydar means one of the lions. Likewise, Jesus in the book of Revelations 5.5 is known as the lion of Judah. Look at the similarity Jesus with Imam Ali. Jesus, the lion of Judah. Imam Ali, the lion of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi. What Imam Ali did on that day is Sahaba couldn't lift, if they came together, couldn't lift the gate. He lifted the gate of Khaybar in a way no one else could lift. Some people looked at this. They said, wait, if Jesus can cure the dead, if Jesus can cure the blind, if Jesus can cure the leper, if Ali can raise the gate of Khaybar in a way which 70 people cannot lift the gate, they said, you know, our love has taken us to a level where you, Jesus, must be God and you, Ali, must be God. Jesus, alayhi salam, would say, Wallah, whatever I am doing is bi'idhnillah, with the permission of Allah. Imam Ali, alayhi salam, would say, Qala'atu baba khaybarin la bitaqatin jismaniya, walakin bitaqatin rawhaniya. What I have lifted on this day of khaybar, I have lifted not with a strength that is physical. Wallah, it's with a strength that is spiritual. My Lord is the one who says to me, my servant, obey me, and I'll let you reach the level of kun fayakun. So therefore, you found that these groups, how do the maraja' of the Shia, let's say the authorities, or how did the imams, who are the ultimate maraja', how do they view someone who says Imam Ali is God? That person has to be executed. Abdullah bin Sabah was of those who believed Imam Ali was God. Imam Ali used to stand on the pulpits in Kufa. When he begins a lecture, look at the uh, groups that would look at him. Subhanallah, Ya Rasulullah, the way you said it is exact. One side of the mumbar, someone will say, this is the most eloquent liar in Kufa. The other side of the mumbar, someone will say, Ashhadu an la ilaha illahu. Astaghfirullah. In the same mosque in Kufa, you had the one who would slander him, Yes, you will have someone who will slander him until he, someone who loves him until he goes too extreme. And then you'll have someone who will hate him until he'll try and bring down from the Imam. 
Therefore, the Imams of Ahlul Bayt, what was their opinion? The Imams of Ahlul Bayt would turn around and say, such people are najis. They are impure. The one who says Imam Ali alayhi salam is God is najis because there are categories of najasa. Of the categories of the impure, the Imams mention a nasabi, the one who curses Imam Ali because is there a greater slander than to curse Ahlul Bayt salawatullah wa salamu alayhim? Cursing Imam Ali, Najis. The one who calls Imam Ali God, this one is Najis. But not just Najis, they done la'na on such people. La'natullah alayhim. Such people were the worst. You can't turn around and say, in the Quran, laqad kafar alladheena qalu inna Allah huwa al-Masih. And then turn around and the one who says Imam Ali is God and say, well, no, there's no problem with them because min baab al-shi'ar. This is a very important point. There are people, Bishar, in their poetry, they try and raise Imam Ali to a level of the ghulat, of the extreme. But you know what people say? No, 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 this is just poetry. No, astaghfirullah, this is shirk. This is disgusting. Some people even turn around and said, well, you know, Ahlul Bayt have a hadith that as long as you don't call us divine, you can attribute to us whatever you want. This is also nonsense as well. This is also nonsense. Because this gives an excuse to people to put Ahlul Bayt in a position even Ahlul Bayt did not want. We have to be careful from falling in the trap that the Christian community fell in. The Christians, because of their love for Nabi Isa, السلام, started putting Jesus above Allah. And we, the Shia, have to be careful we do not reach a level where we begin to put Ali above Allah. Believe you me. This could easily affect us. How can it affect us? I'll tell you how. When it's Shahadat al-Amir, all of us come to the mosque. 19, 20, 21. All of us are wearing black. All of us will give khidmah. All of us will look after each other. But then the rest of the year, we go back to our normal lifestyles. Why? As long as I'm there in Ramadan, Shah Ramadan, and Muharram, that's enough. Here, what have we done? In some cases, we have put Ahl al-Bayt here. And the rest of the worship of Allah, we've compartmentalized. And I'll give you the best example. There are some, there are some, they come to Majalis and Muharram and Ramadan, they're wearing hijab. For Abba Abdullah, hijab comes on. Ten nights. For Imam Amir al-Mu'mineen, three nights, hijab comes on when they come to the mosque. But the rest of the year, it is not Muharram or Safar or Shahar Ramadan. I'm not putting such people down. I'm just showing you, just be careful. You don't begin to place Ali and Hussein above Allah. Ultimately, Imam Amir al-Mu'mineen, Imam al-Hassan, Imam al-Hussein, they are a wasila for us to become servants of Allah. Worshippers of Allah. Therefore, the Christians reached to a level where they called Jesus God. The Muslims reached to a level where they called Ali God. What was the proof that Jesus was not and Ali was not? The biggest proof? There's sujood. If you're God, you don't worship anyone, do you? Does God worship God? No. How do you then prove that you're not God? That is when you pray, then you are proving that you are not God. In the Bible, does Jesus show us his prayers to the eternal Lord who he says has sent him as his messenger? Chapter of John 17, you'll see it clearly mentioned there. 
That's why Imam al was one day asked by a priest, who do you think is greater, Jesus or Muhammad Imam al said, Jesus was great. There is no doubt. Ulil Azim, outstanding. But no one's greater than Rasulullah The priest said, what do you mean? He said, because the Holy Prophet uh, prayed and fasted more than Jesus. The priest said, how dare you say that? That someone prayed more than our Lord Jesus. Imam Radha said, if he is your Lord, can you tell me who he was praying to? Beautiful answer from Imam Radha. You're saying Jesus is God, but you admit in the Bible he has prayers. He talks of the eternal. He talks of the Lord. And he talks of himself as being sent by the Lord. So Jesus for us? Yes, he was sent by the Lord. Imam al says, but if you say Jesus prayed more than Muhammad, who was he praying to if he is God? That's on the one hand. Those who were saying that Jesus is God, that was, and those who said Imam Ali alayhi salam was God, what is the proof that Imam Ali alayhi salam was not God? Was that he would pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that he would go down in sujood to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If Imam Ali alayhi salam was God, then Imam would not do sujood, yes? Imam would not go down in ruku'ah. But you found, what did Imam Ali love the most in his life? His ruku'ah and his sujood. Subhanallah. Nothing was more beloved to Imam Amir al-Mu'mineen than his ruku'ah and his sujood. And his two greatest moments were in his ruku'ah and his sujood. <clears throat> in his ruku'ah, when the poor man walks around the mosque in Medina, may Allah bless us to go to Masjid al-Nabawi, inshaAllah. When the poor man walks in the mosque in Medina and he looks around and he's looking for someone to help him. Who is there who's going to help me? Who is there who's going to be there for me? I'm a poor man. Imam Amir al-Mu'min had just begun his salah. Salah is the mi'raj of the mu'min. When you pray properly, you can reach the highest levels where the veils between you and God are slowly being removed. That poor man asks, when someone asks a dua, when someone asks and supplicates, Allah answers. But how does Allah answer? By using some of us as the wasila. Allah uses some of us for us to be the ones who answer the dua of that person. Imam Amir al-Mu'mineen begun his salah. He managed to reach his ruku'. Allah wanted to answer the dua of this person. How? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, وَأَوْحَيْنَا إِلَىٰ أُمِّ مُوسَىٰ If Allah can inspire the mother of Musa for her to suckle her baby and to put him in the basket, could Allah not inspire Ali ibn Abi Talib at that moment? Who is greater, Musa's mom or the son of Abu Talib? Who gave more to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the path of the religion of Islam than Amir al-Mu'min alayhi salam? Allah inspired him in the ruku'ah. And how did he inspire him? Just put out your finger and that person will see and will know that his dua has been answered. And the Quran revealed the verse in Surah 5. Verse 55, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, innama waliyukum Allahu wa rasooluhu wa alladheena amanu alladheena yuqeemoona salata wa yu'toona zakata wa hum raki'oon. Verily Allah is your wali and his prophet and those who believe not any of those who believe those who establish salah and give zakat while they're in a state of ruku'ah whoever takes allah as his guardian 
and his prophet and those who believe. It's not enough for you to take Allah as your wali and his prophet. You must take Allah tick, and his Rasul tick, tick. Shahada is not complete without taking the wasi of the prophet of Allah. They are the party of Allah. They are the victorious ones. Why do they say Ali and his Shia are victorious? Because we held on to the man who Allah's wilaya was transferred to. In his ruku', he achieved the level of why we say Ashhadu anna Aliyan Waliullah. Then in his sujood on a night like this. Mm.